Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Ahlan wa sahlan marhaban bikum Welcome everyone to Friday Night Live This is your brother Abdullah Wahid, your host I will be, co- uh, there will be my brother who will be our co-host tonight inshallah And we have uh, a very special evening tonight Every Friday night is um, something I look forward to I uh, just like the viewers out there, they're, they're excited and they're anticipating a program which is going to be uplifting, inshallah. And uh, a reminder from our guests that join us, I also anticipate such a program. Even being a host, sometimes uh, I don't, you know, we don't tell you, but I, I am excited because there's some Nasheed artists that come on that re- really uplift our spirits and some nice guests who join us, honorable people who also remind us of a prime purpose in life and uh, and uh, perspective. So alhamdulillah, tonight we'll have with me uh, my brother Mufti Abdul Wahab, who will be our co-host, and uh, Ustad Majid Mahmoud, who will be one of our uh, speakers, our panelists, and also we have our dear friend, artist, uh, Munshid, uh, brother Khalid Mahmoud, who is joining us from Dallas, Texas. Ustad Majid Mahmoud is joining us from Michigan. He's our, he's a native uh, Michigander. He resides in Michigan. So we are, we Miftah are also based out of Michigan. I am live from Flint, Michigan, joining you. And I, I see some of the names of friends, family who are joining us from all across Michigan uh, and outside of Michigan, America, outside of America. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. Inshallah, we'll have a special program. This is one of our programs right before the Sira Intensive. We will be in our Sira Intensive all next week. This is one of the last programs of the year. We'll have one again. But just 2020 has been one of those long years, has been a tough roller coaster ride. But in, in this situation, we are always grateful for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for all his decisions. So I hope everyone is doing well. I, I question this all the time. I ask my audience. Their families are safe. So many people that are sick, we ask Allah to give them shifa. Those who are worried, we ask Allah to remove their worries. Those who have left our company, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to elevate their status, forgive their sins, grant them jannatul firdaus, bighayr hisab, ya rabbal alameen. So we have brothers who are joining us from Houston, Buffalo, uh, Ajax, Canada, all across. Welcome everyone. And... Uh, I, I want to see some more activity on the chat, and inshallah, you guys will engage with us when the reciter or the artist says, says something you understand and you enjoy. Say, subhanallah, mashallah. And if you don't, if Urdu is not your native language, just say, vahva, vahva. Just say, okay, mashallah, mashallah. And hopefully, you will enjoy it also. And thank you guys for being with us all this time and all your prayers. And hopefully, we will continue this and hopefully in the next year will be a better year for us. And ultimately the next life, which is going to be the the, the place of reward. You know, hopefully we can enjoy the next world even more. Inshallah. Let's go on with our guest. Inshallah, I'd like to invite. I don't know if Mufti Abdul Wahab would like to join me. I'd like to you know, invite him first. Assalamu alaikum, How are you doing? Um, do you like this more or do you like this? You know, they're both good. You can do that. You can do the other frame if you want. Let's do the other frame. Let's start off with this, you know, because we know. 
you we know, know it, it turned towards this frame, but I just felt like maybe today. Assalamu uh, alaikum. Bye. Alhamdulillah. Brother Khalid has joined us before from Dallas uh, in, in, a, in a seminar, in a webinar once, and then also for a Friday Night Live with Sheikh Abdul Nasser Jangda. And every time he joins us, uh, he's, he's always leaving us um, very uh, touched, emotional. And um, I think today also he's going to recite some poems in Urdu for us. Uh, but Jen, like always, we switch yeah, it up. Khalid, barakatuh. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing well, and I hope everyone, all of you, including all the listeners, are doing well, inshallah. family, your family as well, your community as well, inshallah. And the red sweater, it doesn't have to do anything with the spirit of the season that we're in, or it's just the selection that your wife gave you to wear. <laughs> I know, you know what? I just came back home from, I was outside, and I just like 15 minutes ago, I just stepped in. I didn't have time to change or anything, and I was like, you know what? It's just fine. You know, we are all brothers. But Khalid, you run a whole store, JJ stores. Yes. He recites nasheeds, you know, but at the same time, he's also an entrepreneur where he runs a lot of clothing lines, clothing stores. In Jinnah Jamshid, Rahimullah, his clothing line, and mashallah, he's one of the most, one of the main. Uh, individuals in America that take care of all their stores. So may Allah bless you. Allah 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 you so if if I want to get a nice Junajam, this is Junajam so, so, Yeah, I know, I know, I see it. Mashallah, you look great. Uh, so this one is the same one. <laughs> yeah, you, but you, you, what I was going to say is that um, since you brought it up, yes, I am managing the JDOT stores here in USA. So, and Alhamdulillah, whoever is listening for now, we, we just started our end of year sale so it just started today so take advantage of that what, what, what what's what what is inside the threading of these caps you sell them for so expensive what's the deal man you want to make them a little cheaper for me <laughs> no that's a different topic <laughs> but uh no, they last long <laughs> i love the hat you love the hat alhamdulillah me too you know i you know it's i'm glad that um junidim said is doing hat and, and doing women clothing, kids clothing, men clothing. You know, we had a very, very interesting uh, experience with Junaid Jamshid. You know, when Junaid Jamshid was alive, we loved him, enjoyed him so much. And of course, um, we, we, we went to Australia for Mufti Abdul Hab's uh, nikah in uh, Ruksati. This was last December. New Year's Eve, we were flying to Australia. A lot of complications. Flight, we missed our flight. And we lost our luggage, or it was misplaced. It came late, mm -hmm. and we're only there for three, four days. So if the luggage is coming from America, wow. it's probably going to come before <laughs> late. We, we're only there for three, four days, a short, a short, short trip. So yeah. on the way there, we're like, my mom asked me, "Do you have any, you know, spare clothing for the nikah or thing?" I was like, "Mom, I have nothing. I have absolutely whatever I'm wearing. That's all I have in my bag." <laughs> that's right. it. So my mom was like, she got mad. She's like, like what, what are you saying? Like, you should always travel with extra pair. Right. So I said to my mom that um, in my 15 years of traveling, 20 years of traveling, I've never lost Luggage. my bag. Hmm. I'm going to lose a bag today. It's meant to happen, right? <laughs> but I did. We, we didn't lose our bags. We just got them a little late. We had to hmm. get to uh, Nikah. And we didn't know. We, 
we found out in Melbourne there was a Junaid Jamshed store. Yes, I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, we went straight out of the air from the airport. We checked in to our place that we were staying, hotel, and we went straight to uh, the J Dodd store and uh, we walked around and we picked our, our whatever we had to pick for the day just I to get a match of the Nikai. And we were, it was looking good, alhamdulillah. Junaid Jamshed <laughs> has good style, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Let's let's get on Brother Khaled to recite yeah, something for us. What are you going to start with, inshallah? Which which not are you going to read? So, uh, so I know um, I was going to start with Kasida Burda Sharif. It has Arabic verses in it. So, you know, a lot of listeners who are Arabic, if they don't understand Urdu, it's a mix of that. So let's just start with that. Mm-hmm. And inshallah, you know, that I, and it's dear and dear and near to me as well, you know. Bismillah. Salli ala nabi. Everybody, please send salutations on our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم مولاي صلي وسلم دائما ابدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم محمد سيد الكونين والثقلين محمد سيد الكونين والثقلين والفريقين من عرب ومن أجم مولايا صل لِوَسَلِّمْ دَائِمًا أَبَدًا عَلَى حَبِيبِكَ خَيْرِ الْخَلْقِ كُلِّهِمِ هُوَ الْحَبِيبُ الَّذِي تُرْجَى شَفَاعَتُهُ والحبيب الذي ترجى شفاعته لكل حول من الأحوال مكتهم مولاي صلي وسلم دائما عبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم نہ کوئی آپ سا ہوگا نہ کوئی آپ جیسا تھا کوئی یوسف سے پوچھے مصطفیٰ کا حسن کیسا تھا زمین و آسمان میں کوئی بھی مثال نہ ملی مولا یوسلی وسلم دائمن عبدن علا حبیبی کا خیر الخلق کلیہمی یا ربی بال 
मुस्तफा बल्लिग मासीदानाबी बिल मुस्तफा बल्लिग मासीदाना बग फिर ममदाया वसेमी मौलायासलिम दीमन अबदन अलाइरिल फल की कोई भी बात हो हर हुक्मून का मोतबर ऐसा के उनका हा नहीं कहना भी है कुरान के जैसा हदी से पाक कहलाई जो बातें आपने कही मौलायासल ली वसलिम दीमन अबदन आला हबी बीका खैरिल खल की कुल्ली beautiful, beautiful. This Mawla, this Qasida Burda never gets old. It's something never. that's classic, and uh, we've been hearing it since we were children, and we will continue to hear it, and our children will continue to hear it. It has some, it has a qabuli, it has this acceptance, and uh, it's it's of course salutations on our beloved Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Yeah, this is this any any um. any sitting gathering where you know the you know nat is being recited you know maula sallallahu alaihi wasallam this qasida bulash always comes in and it just brings that you know that essence of the milad you know it's just it's just so beautiful yeah any munshid that has to do a cover will have to do one of these um <laughs> you know it's a uh, that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is walking and all of a sudden he falls in sajda he falls in sajda and his sajda was so long abd rahman bin auf radiyallahu anhu says la qad khashitu Ali, I was afraid something had happened to the Prophet Sallam, and he said I came closer to the Prophet Sallam so he can sense my my nearness to him. And the Prophet gets up from sajda, and Abdul Rahman bin Auf says to the Prophet Sallam, "لقد طولت في سجدة." Ya Rasulullah, you you prolonged your, your prostration. Why? You've never done. I've seen you. I've I, I witnessed you doing something that I've never witnessed you do before. Mm-hmm. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says. Just now, Jibril came to me from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala and informed me, "Man salla alayya salatan salla Allahu alayhi ashram arad." Anyone that says, "Allahumma salli ala Muhammad," once Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala sends the blessings and returns the blessings upon the reciter ten times. Mashallah. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, "Shukr mein gir gayi." Yani he fell into sajda shukr for such a long time, knowing that the reciter. of my praise and my sal- and sending salutations on me is is going to be something of such reward for that person and i was telling my i was telling my students when i was teaching the adhan the dua of the adhan right the dua of the adhan that we learn in school we learn we teach our children i said you know there in our sirah you will hardly find the prophet asking us to make dua for him yeah. like you know like kabhi mushkil se milta you know like where you find that the prophet is asking his nation his followers to make dua for him wa ba'athu maqaman mahmud alladhi wa'adta wallahi you give him that promise 
spot which is Mahmud, which will give the Prophet the flag of praising Allah and the, the power and the, the ability to intercede on the day of judgment. Imagine that's one I mean, this week and praise the Prophet. So Mawlaya Salih is such a classic. May Allah reward you. We want to listen to you more. Amen. So the um the other um the not this nasheed, you know, Brother Wahab sent me this message about this nasheed, and it just brings memories, you know, my school memories, my childhood memories to me. And I was like, mashallah, you know, Brother Wahab, he he uh uh it's it's uh, it's by it's this is a nasheed by late Khurshid Ahmed Saab. It's a beautiful, beautiful nasheed, beautiful, beautiful kalam. Um, and I like to um, read it after so long, so many years. I mean, I did read this once or twice, but I would read it again. Zakhlah khair for for accepting the request of reading that, and also request accepting the request of joining us tonight. May Allah reward you, inshallah. Everyone that listens to it will benefit, and they will inshallah bring them closer to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Inshallah, inshallah. To Amire Haram, Fakire Ajam. To Amire Haram, Fakire Ajam. तेरे गुण और ये लब में तलब ही तलब तू अता मैं खता ही Kujaman Kujatu Kujaman Jalion se nigahen 
लिपटने लगी आंसुओं की जुबान हो मेरी तर्जुमा दिल से निकले सदा तू खुजा मन खुजा मेरा हर सांस तू मेरा हर सांस तो खून छोड़े मेरा तेरी रहमत मगर दिल ना थोड़े मेरा कासाए जात हूँ तेरी खैरात तू सखी मैं गदा तू कुन तू हकीकत है मैं सिर्फ एहसास तू हकीकत है मैं सिर्फ एह सास तू समंदर है मैं बट की हुई प्यास डगमगाऊं जो हालात के सामने आए तेरा तसूर मुझे थामने तू अमीरे हरम मैं फकीरे अजम तेरे गुण और ये लब हैं तलब ही तलब तू अता अता मैं खता ही खता तू कुजा मन कुजा तू कुजा मन कुजा there's no words no no words that can in in any language i think that can describe the depth of those words that you recited in urdu um i think the reason why i requested it was because uh it was a, it was a poem that our father used to listen to a lot and um and allah bring ease to him it would uh, remind him about the beautiful city of medina al munawwara uh, for those the audience that doesn't understand vision if i can just quickly summarize it for them if you don't mind just it's just it's just talking about you know we have different relationships in life and and every relationship holds its own weight but there are some relationships regardless of how far you are from them if you've ever seen them or not they still bring you value like if your parents talk about about the grandparents you still love them even though you may have never seen them this poet puts in words the relationship that we have with the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam to amir haram mai faqir ajam like the prophet of allah you are you are the leader and we're just followers we're just poor 
you know, we're just foreigners that don't have any guide. And you're the guide for us. And wherever you take us, we'll follow you. And inshallah, he will take us all the way into the gates of Jannah. Uh, and then the poet says words like some powerful stanzas of this poem are such that he says that, um, you know, the, the, the distances of, of, of life and how long life is doesn't seem much anymore when I'm close to your grave and I see I'm around you. It just seems like life isn't worth much anymore. Uh, he says that language is not a barrier for, for conversation. Language is not a need for conversation. He says, our conversation, oh Allah, and O Prophet of Allah, وسلم, it happens through the tears. You know, our tears are the form of our conversation. Uh, the Prophet says the best drops, the drops that fall from the eyes and that fall from our body. And one of the one of the statements where like if I, I've already given you my breath, now just take my life. Right. right. right? Just right. Take, and that's what our dear brother Rahimullah, you know, was was sacrificing his life for. Um, so it hits home for a lot of reasons, but one of the main reasons is just the fact that it it denotes our relationship with the Prophet in, in, in words that perhaps we cannot explain. Um, that's my Beautiful attempt at translating it. Beautiful. I mean, may Allah reward you, brother Khalid. Please, we we'll just want to sit back and enjoy your 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 recitation and your your poems. Bismillah. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> I really, I really enjoy being in this the company of you and all of the listeners. Alhamdulillah, it gives me, it gives me also, uh, you know, the opportunity to do it. You know, with the COVID nineteen and everything, there's everything is just standstill. I used to do so many of these programs in live, you know, with Brother Junaidim Shaykh, late Brother Junaidim Shaykh. I'm like, I miss him so much. And you know, his uh, his birthday just passed by, and I'm, I'm sure you know a lot of other people passed, but. It's just on the September, uh, December 7th, not too long ago, you know, it was four years. And just a month before he, he passed, he was here in Dallas at my house. And we were talking about, you know, how we're going to do this and that and that. And then look, he'll be back. After a month, he, he just passed. Sorry, go ahead. Can you repeat that? You got, we lost you for a second. You, you were saying that. No, but yeah, we, heard, we heard him. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Allah have mercy on his soul, honestly. Amen. You know, I remember, I remember a few months, this in December, like in, in December or like November, someone was, we were, the people in Florida were putting a program together in February. It was coming February. to, yeah. And they had their requesting to come speak, and they had Junaid Jamshid coming. SubhanAllah, the flyers were being made, the flyers were being made, and uh, the program was being organized. And Junaid Jamshid was enjoying in Jannah. SubhanAllah. Bismillah. We'll go ahead. We'll let you uh, recite. Bismillah. So this is a dua. I always recite this in, in, in my programs because it is, it reminds, it reminds us, uh, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the essence of Kaaba, in my opinion. So I, I, I'm going to recite this, perhaps just two stanzas of it. <clears throat> Ilahi teri chokhat par bhikari ban ke aya hun sarapa fakr hun Ijzo nadamat saath laya hun 
इलाही तेरी चौखट पर भिकारी बन के आया हूँ सराफाफ्र हूँ इज्जो न दामत साथ लाया हूँ भिकारी वो के जिसके पास जोली है ना प्याला है भिकारी वो जिसे फिर सोहावस ने मार डाला है मताए दीनो दानिश नफ्स के हाथों से लुटवा कर सुकूने कल्ब की दौलत हवस की भेंट चढ़वा कर लुटा कर सारी पूंजी गफलतों इस की दल दल में सहारा लेने आया हूँ तेरे काबे के आंचल में लुटा कर सारी पूंजी गफलतों इस की दल दल में सहारा लेने आया हूँ तेरे काबे के आंचल में गुनाहों की लिपट से कायनाते कल्ब अफसुरदा इरादे मुज महल हिम्मत शिकस्ता हौसले मुर्दा कहा से लाऊ ताकत दिल की सच्ची तर्जुमानी की के किस झंझाल में गुजरी है घड़िया जिंदगानी की खुलासा ये के बस जल भुन के अपनी रूह से आही से सरापाफ्र बनकर अपनी हालत की तबाही से तेरे दरबार में लाया हूँ अपनी अब जबू हाली तेरी चौखट के लायक हर अमल से हाथ हैं खाली ये तेरा घर है तेरे मेहर का दरबार है मौला सरापानूर है एक मोहब्बत अनवार है मौला तेरी चौखट के जो आदाब हैं हम उनसे खाली हैं नहीं जिसको सलीका मांगने का वो सवाली हूँ तेरे दरबार में लाया हूँ अपनी अब जबू हाली तेरी चौखट के लायक हर अमल से हाथ हैं खाली ये आंखें खुश्क हैं यार अब इन्हें रोना नहीं आता सुलगते दाग हैं 
दिल में जिन्हें धोना नहीं आता इलाही तेरी चौखट पर भिकारी बन के आया हूँ सरापापक्र हूँ इज्जो न दामत साथ लाया हूँ माशाप्लिकेशन and it was recited so well by you and every single word was meaningful you know and you're basically coming to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala coming to his house coming to the subhanallah i think we just lost sheikh for a minute um vision should be fine inshallah but um I think well, if he's back, we'll let him continue, Bijan. No, go ahead, go ahead. You go ahead. No, no, I wasn't saying anything. Just I was waiting for you. You were saying something about before coming to a believer, the du'a. I just you know when the, the, the complain, the du'a, the way this is written, how we're just complaining to Allah, like you know. You, you know, you know, Sheikh. You know, this is written by Mufti Takiusmani Sahib, right? So, yes. Mashallah, you know the 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 pious people and you know the caliber of. Mostly, thank you, Swami Sahib. I'm sure, Mashallah, when he writes something, it just it adds so much. You know, it, it has you know the each and every word of it is so powerful. It just it's just amazing. Well, 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 tell us what what line in this poem hits you the most, or or, or do you relate to the most? Uh, you know, honestly, honestly, all every word of it. I mean. लुटाकर सारी पूंजी गफलतों यू नो दिस इज जस्ट व्हेन आई रिसाइड दिस सारी जिंदगी यू नो आपने लुटा दी सारी मतलब अब मैं आपके दरबार में आया हूँ यू नो अब मैं आपके पास पहुंचा हूँ सब कुछ यू नो नफ्स के हाथों में मतलब रसवा होकर आ चुका आप मुझे माफ कर दीजिए और मुझे अपने अपने यू नो आप मुझे राजी हो जाइए मतलब इसका इसका खुलासा ये है अल्लाह को राजी कर तोबा करना और अल्लाह से राजी because yeah. it's like you know when mufti taqi sahab it's of course mufti taqi sahab may allah give him barakah in his life and knowledge mm -hmm. um when when he recited it when i first heard it I, of course i i figured it was uh mufti taqi sahab's but um it sounded like he was complaining about his criminal life his past the way he was just yes. begging allah for forgiveness it was sure. it was so relatable to him though he wasn't a bad person but he was right. crying to allah for the, the 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 dark moments that he had in his life and asking for forgiveness and we all have our 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 history our sins you know we're all sinners and we have we have the mercy of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to turn to and never never become hopeless mm, mm. yeah. i to do more but you know it's it's, but it's a little late so um, yeah imagine waiting for us and well Khalid, we're gonna bring uh, inshallah we're gonna of course you know i have you keep joining us virtual inshallah in person when things open up uh, but there, I mean, the, the three poems that you recited were 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 full poems. They were full, full of meaning, full of full of heart, and um, you know, full of passion. So I don't think um, we need more to motivate us in regards to poetry. And that was that was that was unbelievable. May Allah reward you, yeah. and may Allah yeah. allow you to continue reading the hamd of Allah and the praise of the Prophet Sallallahu mm -hmm. Inshallah, we continue to see you. And I know Sheikh Abdullah is gonna say, you know, next time you come, uh, send us some free Jamjam shed hats too. No, no. <laughs> I just I want I wanted to listen to me to Ummati Hum a little bit, but, but next time. 
Listen, we'll have we have so many more moments. Inshallah. Yeah. Call, call me anytime. I I love I love being with you guys. I am um, mashallah. It just it, it brings me closer to 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 something at least that I that I cherish. Inshallah. Thank you so much. May Allah bless you. Um, but the Khalid, continue to protect you and give your family barakah in this dunya and akhirah, protect you from all evil. Jazakumullah khair. Alhamdulillah, we are we are so fortunate that we have a beautiful artist, beautiful nasheeds. And Urdu, for those who don't understand Urdu, the Arabic speaking brothers and sisters, I apologize, you know. And I know you guys were just shaking your heads, bobbling your head back then. What, what is he saying? But the reality is that, you know, we... We, we were in this Urdu language is a, a big population of the world understands Urdu, especially in America, wherever you go, you're going to run into some brownie. And, and it, it, especially if you go to Chicago, Chicago is, you cannot go across the street in Chicago without getting honked at by someone from, you know, India, Pakistan, Bangladesh. So it's, it's going to be like, it's going to be extremely beautiful that we have all, we have everything. We, mashallah, we have Arab nasheed sometimes. Arabic nasheeds. And we mix it up for them, Bajan. We have English. But, you know, for some reason, though English is my first language and, you know, raised, born in this country, just like this is our home, like, I just don't, it doesn't make, it doesn't, it, I don't enjoy it as much as Arabic and Urdu. I don't know why. Like, English is there, like, the lyrics don't come close to the, the eloquence of Arabic and eloquence of Urdu. And sometimes, you know, we try to do it for our children. We try to enjoy it because we need to enjoy it. But subhanAllah, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us understand the Qur'an and understand the language of the Qur'an. Primarily the Arabic language is the main language we should try to learn so we can get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And now we have Ustad Majid who will be joining us. I want to bring him on screen. Muftitab. Ahlan wa sahlan marhaba Ustad. Assalamu alaikum. How are you doing? Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah. Vahva, vahva, vahva. You tell me that. <laughs> You know, I have to say, I have to say, vahva, vahva to the the kameez you're wearing, the shirt you're wearing. Exactly. That you look nice, man. It's from Amazon, Sheikh. Amazon. Wow. Is that is that is that a, a desi shirt? I believe so. Yeah. yeah is half up to the knees? Uh, no, half the thigh. Half. half the, the, yeah. Yeah, beautiful shirts, mashallah. You looking nice. Welcome. How are you doing, Ustad? Wallah, great. I want one request, if you don't mind. When you asked uh, Brother Khalid, may Allah grant him Jannah, about one of the favorite lines, uh, if you can translate. Yeah, yeah. I was going to translate it, but we just went forward. But his the line that he chose was that, you know, oh Allah, I've spent my entire life trying to find peace in other things, and I've wasted my entire life in everything else. But now I've come to the realization that the only place to make it work is in your on your doorstep. Allah. There's, no, there's nowhere else I can go to. You know, inni lima anzalta min khayrin faqir. That's that's what he's pretty much saying in that whole line. That I've tried that, I've tried this, I've tried that. I've wasted my life. But Allah, you'll accept even these last moments. Wow. Allah for joining us. Mashallah, Ustad is from Michigan or Windsor. You know, they're, they're borders. So we're, we're very close to each other in regards to distance. And Mashallah, he's been doing some awesome work. Uh, for the past many years with Al-Maghrib. And I know Ustad doesn't like when I do introductions. Like He, he actually doesn't like it, you know. So I'm going to try to keep it short uh, and, and, and as short as possible. But may Allah reward you, Ustad, with all the work that you do yeah. with Al-Maghrib and all the organizations. Uh, and, and, and mashallah, one of the things that Ustad Majid is doing in Dearborn is that they have a weekly program. Right now, they're doing Tafsir of Sotul Kahf. Yeah. 
Yeah. And they do it in a way that it's collaborating with all the masajid in Dearborn. So yeah. it's 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 happening in and it's happening in synchronization in sync with what ICD, Dick's Masjid, Masjid Salam. Uh, Ustad, what was what was the idea behind that? Because I think people need to realize that there's there's some beautiful work happening in Dearborn and in our cities that we're from as well, mashallah. Um, um first of all, all blessings is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, any khair is from him. Um, and one of the things that we can take out of it, whether us as you know, people as teachers and still students and those watching is teamwork, teamwork, you know, team effort. And everyone excels in their field. Mm. If I'm into let's say teaching, someone else will be the marketing and someone else will be the uh, you know communication and things like that. So I think when we work together, uh, I think that's that's and the key thing is unity. And yani that's that's the thing we're looking for, inshallah. That's a um, yeah, yeah. We, we always enjoy Ustad when he comes to Flint. Our Flint community enjoys him. Uh, we met Ustad at one of our camps. Uh, mashallah, I came with his family, got to connect with him more. And he's nearby, you know, but he's busy. And some of the things that he does, I, I honestly, he takes a burden of scholars on his shoulder. Um, the classes of the, the great women that he's done. Um, I remember he did that in many great classes that he's put together. And he works so hard. His work ethic on preparing a class, it's very rigorous from top to the bottom. And then he sometimes shares it pre he before the event, he will share with the volunteers. Then after that, he will present it to the, the main audience. So he's putting so much time, so much heart into this. And this is why uh, people enjoy Ustad wherever he goes, whenever he's online like this. So welcome. And inshallah, tonight we were talking about the Prophet as a family man, you know, yes. and uh, we're, we are all married men. It would be great to have a woman in this one. conversation. One, one. <laughs> one, one woman, one wife. <laughs> one, one, one. Someone from like the female angle giving us their perspective because we're going to be three men talking about how men and women and children and parents should. Um, am I there? You guys still have me there? Yeah, yeah. We still have you. All right. And so what I'll do is I will pretend to be the advocate from the women's side. How's that sound? Yeah, we don't. We don't need that. I think. I think. <laughs> You know, I'll, rep I'll represent my sisters, and uh, and if my wife messages me or someone messages me that I'm not doing good enough, I'll try to amp it up more. But I'm just on a real note. We're going to talk about the Prophet sallallahu as a family man. Yeah. What do you do at home, especially now with our children who have been home for many weeks because of their online education, uh, and uh, now winter break. Some parents are going to be off from work, and we are hoping that. Next year, inshallah, our children can go back in person in school and we can have some <laughs> liberty and have some time to breathe and clean the house and take care of the family at home. But alhamdulillah, it is what it is. But let's see how the Prophet did it because they didn't have schools. Their children were at home. They got educated at home. They had no, it was like, it wasn't set up like the way it is today. Everything, it was at home. The father, the mother were the teachers. They were the, they were the chefs. They were the workers. They were the parents. They were the friends. They were the counselors, they were advisors. All of that was happening in one home. And we hope that we can learn from the Prophet Sallallahu life. And hopefully you can give us some light on this. Bijan, you want Ustad to start for his his uh, his 10 minute session, inshallah, we jump back on and have a conversation about it. Perfect. Ustad, you ready? Bismillah. All right, assalamu alaikum to our, all our viewers. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you protect you and honor you. 
you know, especially those watching us um, from different places around the world, you know, you are entrusting us with your time, which is very valuable. It's worth more than gold. And especially on a Friday night when you have all these different options, yet you uh, chose to be here. First of all, we say Alhamdulillah. So this is live. So make sure you say Alhamdulillah that Allah chose you to hear the uh, hadith of the Prophet hear the Quran recitation, hear reminders that bring us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Alhamdulillah from our bottom of our hearts, we thank Allah that he chose us for this and we pray to Allah to never substitute us. Ameen Rabbil Alameen. So the topic is in regards to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam with his family. Before I jump into talking examples with his spouse, children, grandchildren, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, A'udhu billahi minash shaytan ar-rajim, bismillah ar-rahman ar-rahim, laqad kana lakum fi rasulillahi uswatun hasanah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is telling you and I to obey him, telling you and I to worship Allah, he is telling us the best example to look up to is Muhammad alayhi salatu wasalam. He told us that. So you are told, be the best virgin of yourself. Sure, be the best virgin of yourself. And remember, the best virgin of yourself is when you try to be as similar as Muhammad alayhi salatu wasalam. Allah says, لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُ اللَّهَ وَالْيَوْمَ الْآخِرِ وَذَكَرَ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمْ Remember, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Excellent. He is a model for the ones who hope for Allah's rahmah. He is a model for the ones who want to go to Jannah. He is a model for the ones that want to be protected from Jahannam. He is the model for the ones who wish to be his neighbor in Jannah. May Allah grant that reward, which is the neighboring of Muhammad, to all of you watching, Ameen Rabbil Alameen. So with this being said, how was Rasulullah with his family? In one of the Prophet Ahadith, he lays the foundation. And I want everyone to give me their undivided attention. Rasulullah says, Every single one of you is a guardian and responsible. You have some responsibilities. And the ruler is a guardian. Then he goes, And the man, it's your job as a man. It's your responsibility to protect, to be the guardian of your family. That's the man. And now the Prophet says, And the woman, As for the woman, the wife, then she is responsible over the house of her husband responsible for the children. Then he sums it up nicely, alayhi salatu wasalam, and says, Every one of you is responsible, and every one of you will eventually be held accountable for what we do with this responsibility. So how was Rasulullah with his family? Let's talk a couple points about the spouses or so, or so in terms of couple or more. Rasulullah he said, خيركم خيركم The best one. Who's the best one watching? Huh? Who, who, who's the best one? Is it the one um, who knows the most Quran? Maybe. Is it the one who uh, prays the most? Maybe. But who's the best one in the family right now? Is the one who is best to his family. Rasulullah said that. خيركم خيركم the best one. And ahlih meaning the wife specifically here. And it can go, of course, general to the family. Then he says, 
وَأَنَا خَيْرُكُمْ لِأَهْلِي And I treat my wife the best possible way. He's the example of that. So let me ask you guys a question, all right? Feel free to discuss it if you're watching it as a family. Feel free to comment. Feel free to think of the answer by yourself. Ready for this? Yeah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, don't ever uh, forget your, don't do your best not to forget to say alayhi salatu wa sallam every time his name is mentioned. His wife Aisha radiallahu anha, she was asked, what was the first thing Muhammad alayhi salatu wa sallam, your husband, used to do when he entered the house? Yalla, bismillah. What's the first thing he does when Rasulullah enters the house? May Allah allow me and all of you to apply what we're hearing and saying. Huh, what is it? What's the first thing? Salam. Possibly salamu alaykum. But as in terms of an action, take an action. What was one of the first thing he does right when he goes inside the house? Inside. Underline the word inside. She said, إِذَا دَخَلَ when he enters the house, she said, is he used to brush his teeth. He used to use the miswak. And that was one of the first thing he does when alayhi salatu wasalam enters into his house. So I pray to Allah that as you hear this, that you actually take a note on in your memory, inshallah, that from now on, I'll do my best to make sure I brush my teeth right when I wake up, even on weekends, even on weekends, even if there's no more walking into the office, you're working at home, Regardless, there's a wife, there's a family, there are children. You do your best to brush your teeth. And just advice to the spouses and soon-to-be-married people. Be sure to actually remind the other person if their breath doesn't smell too good. It's okay. It might hurt a little bit, but be sure to say it nicely, right? And inshallah, we both pick up on it and we grow with that and follow the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Taib, what else, brother? Tell us more about Rasulullah with his, uh, with his family, with his spouse. Okay, I'll give you one more. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Excellent. He used to not call Aisha, Aisha. What? I don't understand. Okay. His wife's name is Aisha, right? On the ID, on the passport, it says Aisha. But he doesn't just call her Aisha all the time. He doesn't actually call her Aisha all the time. I, what did he used to call her? He used to give her a very beautiful nickname to her and to him, to the, to the area, to that time. It was such a sweet move, right? So some people, for example, for example, their name is um, uh, Huda, okay, or Hadiya. But they find it so sweet when they are told Hudhud, right? They actually, that's a very sweet way, very beautiful way. So what was the sweet way of Muhammad alayhi salatu wasalam calling his wife Aisha? Huh, Bismillah. Anybody knows? What is it? He used to call her Ya Aish. That was the nickname he used to give his wife Aisha radiallahu anha. So yalla, Bismillah. Go speak to the wife and see what nicknames they like. Now we got to do some assignments, some homework. May Allah allow us to apply what we preach. Say Amin. May Allah allow you to apply what you hear. Say Amin. Amin. Yeah, one more. Tayyib, how does some people want more? Insha'Allah. I'll give you one more with a spouse. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He used to be wonderful, the family, as we said. But we want to be a little bit specific, brother. Tell us a little bit more. Sure. Aisha radiallahu anha, she was asked, 
how did the Prophet ﷺ overall, how was his life and time inside the house? So we know when he walks in, salam, brushes his teeth, that's great. But overall, what was his time being spent inside the house? She replied, Yakunu fi mihnati ahlih. What does that mean? He used to keep himself busy. How? By serving his family. By making sure he helps those who need help. If, for example, there was homework, help the one that needs homework. Maybe there's some cleaning. Help when there's some cleaning. But when the time for salah comes, he used to leave the family and go pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there are many, many, many more examples of the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam. Tell you, brother, what about the children? The children, let me tell you what Anas ibn Malik radiallahu anhu said. Ready for this? No, no, bismillah. He said, Anas ibn Malik, ma ra'aytu ahadan. I have not seen anyone who was more gentle, more kind, more merciful towards children in general, children in general. I have never seen anyone more gentle, nicer, kinder, merciful towards children than the Prophet. And I was just telling actually uh, my daughter, we're going through an ayah in the Quran and Actually, it was a hadith of the Prophet And then I told her about the Prophet and how nice he was with children. And I told her, I, I can promise you, I promise you, if you saw him, he would be one of the best friends you would ever have. That's how much fun he would be with the children. Plays the games with them and have beautiful times. And some even said when he speaks to the child, it's like the world stops. He's a busy man, but give them the attention. If this is what he did to other children, what would he do to his own children, right? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he used to say, Your children have rights over you. And Rasulullah fulfilled them to the best. He gave them beautiful names, alayhi bismillah. Give me some names of the Prophet's children. May Allah be pleased by all of them. Huh? What, what are their names? Start with the boys. Yalla, give me the boys. Who do you have? Bismillah. Al-Qasim, excellent. Who else? Abdullah and Ibrahim. And about the girls, try to give me the girls in order. Radiallahu anhum. Huh? With, with the first girl, all right? The eldest. Zainab, then Ruqayya, then Umm Kalthum, then Fatima. Beautiful names. Radiallahu used to give them. This is from the rights of the children that you have over the parents. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He used to teach them the deen, he used to remind Fatima, Allah to Salian. He remind Fatima and his family. And the Prophet, one time, even in marriage, this is a hadith mursal, walakin sahih, if I'm not mistaken. He told Fatima, Qad dhakaraki Aliya. Ali radiallahu anhu asked for your hand. Ali radiallahu anhu, one of the greatest people that ever walked on earth. Ali, one of the ten promised Jannah. Ali, the one who slept on the bed of the Prophet wasalam, as great of a man he was, one of the top ever. But he still, alayhi wasalam, the father, did not enforce Ali onto Fatima. Allahu Akbar. So he says to Fatima, ya Fatima, Ali asked for your hand. Then Fatima radiallahu anha, she was silent, and that silence showed the approval 
to marry Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu. And this is just comes to show you how Rasulullah was with his kids and even his relatives. Sometime he would have the children line up. Look at this. He would line up the children and he will be on the other end. And he says, I want you guys to race. Whoever reaches to me first, I will give him such and such gift. And they will race. Ibn Abbas and other Sahaba, they would race to the Prophet This is how he was with children, with his relatives. But even the grandchildren, one story about the grandchildren. Rasulullah Wallahi, we feel, it's an honor to talk about Muhammad And whenever we talk about him, we feel like you have to be in a specific manner. And you need to know who you're talking about. And we say our price goes up when we mention him, alayhi salatu wasalam. So may Allah allow us to always be able to be agents and messengers to speak about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasalam with the truth, Amir Rabbil Alameen. Grandchildren. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasalam, one time he came to the salah, salat al-isha, while carrying one of his grandchildren, al-Hassan or al-Hussein. So the Prophet, alayhi salam, when he came to pray, he placed his grandchild nearby. ثم كبر للصلاة. Then he said Allah Akbar and he started to pray. فسجد بين ظهراني صلاته سجدة أطالها. So he made a sajda, but it was a long sajda, like really long sajda. Check this out. The narrator says that there was someone in the salah that raised his head. So in the sajda. But it was a long sajda. So what's going on? So one of the people praying raised his head. And then he saw a child on the back of the Prophet ﷺ, which is the grandchild. Then he went back to sajda. Then Rasulullah finished the salah. So the people came to the Prophet ﷺ. They said, Ya Rasulullah, what has happened? We thought يعني, something happened to you, maybe you got Jibreel revealed something to you. That's how long the sajda was in the jama'ah. Then alayhi salatu wasalam, what did he say? Kullu lam yakun. All these thoughts in your mind, I got a revelation, this happened. None of that is actually accurate. Walakin, ibni, my son right here, i.e. the grandson, irtahalani. He was riding over me. Fakarihtu an u'ajjilahu. And I did not want to have him end his play quickly until he feels my play time is over until he makes up he makes up the timeline of when the game time is over allahu akbar so this was rasulullah and he knows very well trust me he knows very well that this hadith this story will be spreading and he will be making us making a statement with this so this is the example of the prophet with his wives with his children with his grandchildren, and remember, Allah said what? لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا Muhammad is the greatest of example for you and I to follow if what you want is Allah, His pleasure, Jannah, and may Allah make us of these people, Amir Rabbil Alameen, and I'll pass it, inshallah, now down to our muftis, may Allah grant them Jannah. MashaAllah, Tabarakallah, everybody please say, MashaAllah, what a beautiful reminder. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala wa sahbihi wa sallim. Mufti Doha, please join us. We want to hear you too. In, um... well, Mujin, like, you know, honestly, you have two two um, full, mashallah, speakers on the screen. You don't need me at all. 
But uh, Ustad Majid really dropped a uh, very beautiful reminder. He covered so much in a small amount of time. Um, but Jen, what, 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 how, how do you want to continue from there? I mean, there's so many uh, roads which have opened up, so many gates which have been opened, so many avenues have been uh, uh, ready and prepared for us to discuss. You know, uh, he talked about the Prophet as a, as a husband to the wife. I mean, a lot of husbands are listening right now. I'm like, man, I want someone to talk about, you know, represent me. So I, I, it looks like you're representing the women. I'm going to represent the women. Mufti Duhab going to represent the women. I was like, we're all scared of standing against the women. But, um, you know. But yeah, I'm representing just, just men, humans. <laughs> you know, I think the, the Prophet of course, was the best example. And, uh, you know, when we, when we live with someone for so long, we start to see... Uh, their complaint, their faults, their blemishes, their mistakes, and we start to, you know, complain about them and become agitated by them. And that's where the story gets a little challenging. Our children are making noise. They're going to be there forever with you for a long time, you know? You can't get rid of them, you know? Uh, you can't send them to school now, at your home. You can't. You can. you can get a babysitter to, like, keep them busy. We can try your best, but these are your children. This is your spouse. You have to live together. And trust me, the Prophet ﷺ was the best example, like Ustad Majid said. He was kind. He was loving. And, some, you know, you can say, okay, the, that was the Prophet ﷺ. No, the Prophet ﷺ had some wives who challenged him. Like, they were not all easy. You know, like, they, they, the Qur'an had to intervene. Like, we don't know this. The, the Qur'an had to intervene. But he was still never, never loud. I, I want to ask Ustad Majid, what did the Prophet ever yell at his wife? You know, I actually tried to research that. <laughs> yeah. You know, fights and so on. And I searched and searched and searched. And there was one possible incident. Maybe it's more academic, but Allah will share it, inshallah. And it was him uh, talking to Khadija radiallahu anha. And this was in regards to the Asnam. So his voice was raised. Mm. But not angry at her. Mm. He was just angry, but not angry at her. And the fact that we're just thinking, when was the last time that he raised his voice is just shows you how great of a man he was. Though though we know that Ummahat Mu'min, the mothers of the believers, you know, we respect him, full respect. Mm. But we know they gave him a hard time. They were humans. Yeah, they gave him a hard time. You know, I, I, may Allah protect us all, but one of the wives, she broke the place in front of him. Yeah. Ustad, why, don't share, why don't you share that story, Ustad? So, um, basically, Rasulullah he has guests over, the brothers, Sahaba, right? And it was over uh, the house of Aisha, radiallahu anha, and feel free, Mashaykh, to correct me. And then Aisha did not have food or she, something. She was not the greatest of cooks or whatever the, the reason may be. He received food from another spouse of his. So when the food was coming, Aisha radiallahu anha, she, you know, she did her moves, right? And then she knocked out that tray, these plates, and it all fell and they broke, in not in front, not in the kitchen. Not like they heard a breakage. No, it was in front of the guests in the living room. 
It's like imagine someone coming to a sheikh's house, and, and there's just this drama goes on. The wife starts yelling, like, and the things uh, dishes start breaking, and the guys are like, the students of the sheikh are like, "Oh my god, what's happening in the sheikh?" Oh my god. Like I, I don't think he should give khutbah next Friday. You know? Yes, yes. Then what did he say? Alayhi He said, "Gharat ummukum." Your mom, the mother of the believer, she got a bit jealous. See, so he actually, what do you call it, give her the benefit of the doubt. He actually it showed that I understand where you're coming from. And then he helped clean the the area, right? And then they cleaned it up, subhanAllah. So, Ustad, one, one of the beautiful points that I, I always tend to remember in that story is how the Prophet responded to the Sahabas. Like, how would any of us respond? I mean, the first thing is our face would change. Our body, our body language would change. We would just stay quiet. And then the Prophet says, Gharat Ummukum. Yeah. He, he made sure that even at that moment, which perhaps was a mistake on the part of our mother, عنها, he made sure to keep her respect. Don't do that stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. But, Ustad, like, this is so important because what happens is. Even as parents, I mean, I'm not a father yet, but I have nephews, and uh, you know, I have a lot of them. Mashallah, beautiful kids. Yeah. Little as three beautiful kids, and I consider them to be my own kids. Uh, three, three, so, inshallah, three, three more coming, inshallah. Make dua. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> first, man. I'm not sure about that, but, okay. but but like you know, the fact is, when someone does something wrong from the husband or the wife or the spouse, hmm. the responsibility of the spouse is to keep the respect of the other. No. Wow! Downgrade them. Say, yeah, I know. I don't know why your dad did that. I don't know why your mom said that. It doesn't make sense. You know mm. what? Maybe he didn't know. And we do this so casually. We do it so casually that, and, and it's why would we try to show superiority over a spouse? Like, what's what are we gonna get from it? Your kids are your kids. They're gonna love you. They're gonna love your husband. They're gonna love your wife. They're gonna love both of you, right? Why would you do that to a grandparent or to a brother or to a student? Uh, I don't know why that teacher said this. It's not right. No, man, it's okay. There's enough love and respect to go around. The Prophet yeah. at that moment kept their respect in the eyes of the Sahabas. That, that is still your mother. Yeah. Don't ever talk about her in a negative way. That's and that's how we should be when it comes to any member of our family, right? Bajan, like, it's just anyone. And, and I think there's so many more stories. Bajan, there's one story that I think you shared with me before, like where, where um, uh, Juwayri radiallahu anha, she walked inside of... Bajan, you remember that story? Oh man, don't, I'm not going to share that story right now. We'll do it later. Because we go to that story, it's going to take forever. And Are you going to share it in the Sira intensive? Is that, yeah. That's why he's keeping it. He's like, I'm not going to give it now. He's like, yeah. it's not one of those free stories. You know, we got to pay for it. It's unbelievable. Story. You know who got me onto the story? My mother. My mom is like, my mom was telling me the story. And I was like, yeah, I remember the story, but it was like, you know, it's somewhere in my back of my memory. My mom was like, you have to read it. And my mom pulled it out and she made me read it again. And she was telling me the other day another unbelievable story about Hind, Hind, Hind's father. And she was telling me the story about someone accused Hind for something. Then her father took Hind all the way to Abyssinia or like, you know, some, like somewhere else, long, far land to find a kahin to see whether my daughter actually did something wrong. Yeah. Right? So they were so concerned about the dignity of their daughter. And then, of course, Hind got divorced and then married Abu Sufyan. My mom was telling me about Hind's ex-husband before she married Abu Sufyan because I was telling my mom, Hind is a genius. When she's talking to the Prophet my mom was like, no, no, no. Let me tell you about Hind's father. 
So my mom brings up these um, um, stories of these women, and I enjoy it so much. We'll talk about that. Soda, Hafsa, Soda, Hafsa, and Aisha. You know, it's a beautiful story. But well, let's talk about. We'll end with that. We'll end with that. But then I think we should like we should also remember like that this topic, inshallah, is not only for a spouse or a husband. The Prophet was a family man, like yeah. children. How he was with his with his uh, mother or his foster mother Halima. How he was how he was with elders and how he taught people to res- to take care of their family. Like how every person is responsible for those that are with them, right? And how they're responsible for those that are beneath them in a sense. So instead, like one aspect of it is the husband and the wife, and the other aspect when we talk about family is. Your children, and the third aspect are your parents. So these are the three. I, I want. I just wanted to say, like, sometimes we overcomplicate our relationships, right? It's just if you have nothing good to say, stay quiet. If that person is angry, don't talk back. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes your husband is angry. So you know, just understand. You know, I think that emotional intelligent class by Ustad Mikhail Smith so important to get to know the emotions and. When to speak to the person. I'm not here as a marriage counselor. You know, I used to talk about this in my Ramadan program. I was like, I'll spark your marriage. If the spark plugs are back, I can change them. You know, I used to talk about that. I, I stopped talking about it because, you know, it, too many calls. But the reality is, you know, the thing is that, that when we see that person coming back from work, they had a rough day, don't just throw like complain of the children in front of them. Look at, uh, um, uh, Talha, Tal, you know, Talha's wife, Tal, uh, Abu Talha's wife, uh, uh, Abu Talha's wife, when he comes back, his child, her child passed away. Mm. Right? And, and he's coming back from a journey, and then he's like, she kind of, it's big news. I, I don't know how she hid that news. Anyway, you could read up into it in the Riyadh Saudi in the chapter of Sabr, you know, and how the Prophet prayed for them, but like how she was so intelligent when to open up. Because you know something about Islam, you don't need to shove it down your husband's throat right away. Hang on, sister. Hang on. Like, I know you have, you, you saw your husband doing something haram or you think this is the right way. I learned from my shaykha or I heard online Ustad Majid Mahmoud said, you have to wash the dishes. Like, you know, the thing is, we have to be very careful how, how we communicate with each other. Like, we're, we're partners. We're not enemies. Why do we live in a home and of course, what happens when a partner slacks a little bit? Someone else picks up. Then the wife would say, well, oh, I've been picking up for the last 20 years. Okay. You have to remember, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not accept dhulm. If he's doing dhulm, he's accountable. If you're doing dhulm, you're accountable. The least and the last place you want to be is in the place of dhulm. And anyone can justify what they're doing. Anyone, they have, and they can get away with it. You know, they can go to counselor, but he did this, but she did this. And at the end of the day, you both and I and all of us are accountable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we have to be like, we have to live like partners. We're in this together. We have children. I say to my friends, you know, who have children, so my, my kids are playing video games and, you know, the same, same excuse. My daughter's doing this and she's always on Instagram and she's always playing TikTok or she's playing video games and she's doing this. She's, my son's doing Instagram, TikTok. I said, well, I said, why don't you download it, right? And follow him, become his friend. Like, like and I know children will not add their own father mm-hmm. or mother to their social media account. Bijan, at that point, you know, like, can I ask both of you a question, right? And this is, I really like, I really feel like this, this, this question is, 
that both answers can be correct. Should a father or a mother, what role should they take? Should they take a role of being a friend first and then a father? Or should they take the role of being a father first and then a friend? And so, you know what I'm trying to say? Like sometimes we're young. And I mean, I mean, much all of us are fairly young, relatively young. Uh, Allah keep us young and keep us healthy in all of our in all of our elders and mashaykh that are above us. But we sometimes think like, yo, me and my child are very cool. They're very we're very tight. Is that the right? I mean, there's no wrong answer. Is that the preferred process, or should it be that no, me and my child have a very we have a good good understanding, a good relationship, uh, and then you know we can put my foot down when I need to put my foot down, and I can be at ease with him because I see that relationship being shown in the Prophet song with Hassan Hussein. Like, there was so much ease and comfort, but when Hassan put that date in his mouth, the Prophet did not hesitate, but to put his finger in his mouth and pluck the date out. Date, a date, like, so what? It's just a date. But puts a date in his mouth, and the Prophet loves these kids more than he loves anyone else. He pulls the date out, and he says, we don't eat from the wealth of Sadaqah. That's it. And it was, it could have been, if someone said, oh, you pulled the food out of my mouth, it seems like it's harsh. But it came from a place of love. So, Ustad, you know, maybe you can answer it further. Inshallah, like to follow up with it. And, and inshallah, we can continue our conversation through that. Um, <clears throat> if I were to summarize it, I would say teaching the children the love of Allah will automatically make them respect the parents. SubhanAllah. So if we instill the love of Allah, the respect of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they know that part of respecting Allah is respecting my parents. Part of thanking Allah is thanking my parents. So when you put that love, that hope, and that fear, when they get to learn that when the parents are pleased, Allah is pleased. This is hadith of the Prophet And if the parents are angry, Allah is angry. There's no tawfiq, there's no najah, there's no success, no matter how hard the person works. Assuming, of course, they're angry for a justifiable reason. But, you know, uh, when it comes to, you know, the friendship route or the <clears throat> parent route, it doesn't need necessarily need to be two different uh, mm. uh, things, right? The, uh, depending on, on the occasion and uh, cultures play a big role. And Islam mm. considers culture, you know, they take culture into consideration as long as it does not contra contradict the deen. So, uh, I guess it, it maybe depends from person to person how the attitude. And you mentioned the example for the ones who are listening. Uh, about the example of the date, right? The uh, family of the Prophet ﷺ and himself, they don't, they're not allowed to accept charity, mm -hmm. but they're allowed to accept gifts. So when his family member got the charity date, he took it off. This is deen, right? So when it comes to the kids, deen is deen. Like, oh, I'm, I don't want to pressure my kids. There's no, what, what do you mean pressure? Well, you pressure them to do their science homework. You pressure them to stay up till 10 p.m. to do the beautiful billboard or whatever for their chemistry class. Yeah, do some pressure to wake up for Fajr. So, mm. Yeah, but I might lose that connection. Who said that? This is shaitan. Oh, you never said. You never said I might lose my connection if I push them to do their spelling bee uh, review. And Sheikh, how many kids do you have, Sheikh? Just quickly. Four. Alhamdulillah. You, you have you, you have experience to speak about this, you know, like it's you know you're coming from experience. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. So so my, if I so about the friendship father thing, I'm like if you want to go and be like firm in things, try to make sure you become very gentle in other things. Mm. So as as some said, like one guy was seeing his father being very nice to certain people. So he says, Yeah, Abby, why you give them so much money? 
He says, لا بد من دنيا نمسكهم بها. It is sometimes we give the dunya to hold them. And then, you know, the ease aspect of the deen. So you know what? Okay, we're going to go have some ice cream, do all this good stuff, have a wonderful time. But at four, we got to do some hefud. Mm. No playing games. And then, khalas, you know, they feel bad. Like, you know what? That's that's hypocrisy if I only accept the ice cream deal and not the whole package. <laughs> so I, I think with kids, you eventually do that. Then you quit the whole gifts thing and you just go deen. <laughs> right? As they get older, right? Like yeah. you do you do a hafla, a party when they finish juzu amma. You do another party, you know, juzu tabarak. Qad sami'a khalas. No more party. You know what I mean? So you just kind of slowly يعني, and shortly. You ease him into it. Into that's it. beautiful yeah. advice. That's beautiful yeah. advice. Yeah. I think Wahab is just about love. Yeah. Love. You, you, you could spoil... You, there is no limit to how much you could spoil them in emotional love. But there's a limit to how much you could spoil them in financial love. And... When I say emotional love should not lead to compromising on Islamic values, like Ustad yeah. Majid said. I mean, the prophet, like Ustad Majid said, like Prophet was in sajda for that long, and his grandson was on his back. Like, uh, you know, like I swear, if our kid came, you know, you know, I've been hearing these whole stories of Umama, the Prophet carrying Umama, the Prophet carrying Hassan Hussein on his back, and Prophet I started talking about these stories. And then when I had my daughter, I started praying salah. I used to carry her when she was one year old. Then when she turned, now she's three, mashallah, you know, she's eating, you know, and, and it's, it's a workout, it's a workout, you know, and that's probably the biggest workout I get of the day, you know, <laughs> so carrying her and then putting her back down, getting her again. And I'm like, I, I know that in deep down, I have my salah to take care of. I, and I'm worried about that. But I can imagine the Prophet Sallallahu who loves his salah, right? Mm. Your daughter walks in front of you and you're watching a football game. Oh my God, please grab her, please, please. Oh my God, I only asked for a Sunday. Sunday is the only day I wanna, and we go crazy. Like, you know, I'm watching the show. Oh my God, it's one show for God's sake. Heaven, please go lock her up or something, or lock him up. You know, like husbands go wild. Like the Salah of the Prophet was more than any football game, more than any soccer game, with no more than any busy phone call. You know, we ran a phone call, the kids crying, and like, please, please, like, we're like, excuse me, one second. We're so polite on the phone call, and then we mute it. What is going on in this? <laughs> the attitude just changes. <laughs> you know, just, like, seems like you're speaking from experience, man. You know, me, I am. I am on the phone. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm sweet. How you doing, sweet, 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 sweet? And then uh, after that, I'm also like, "What's up?" You know, like I'll take care of it. I'm not. I'm not rough with my children. You know, Mas- I, I've got to say, Sheikh Abdullah is rough with everyone else but his children. Yeah. You know, uh, so he's he's his his kids. Have them on the, the 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 nail of their finger, not even their finger. Just the nail. I'm still trying to find a hadith where it says, "Be really nice and gentle with your brothers." I'm I'm figuring that out. It, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I love everyone. So sorry, Ustad. Keep on going. You, you, that's what Ustad said. I think love love is very important. Like sit down, and I was saying, just play a video game with them. Play hmm. a video game. You know, I'm not saying we should encourage them to do wrong or be involved in wrong. But like, yeah, play video games with them, play hours with them. And then like Gustad said, then this, then that, there's other obligations. Be part of their life. Don't, don't just disassociate yourself from your wife's life, from your husband's life. Ask each other, what's going on? Years, years go by in our life, we don't know what's going on in our spouse's life. We don't know what they're thinking. Oh, like, you know, like, I, I, you know, we don't know what they're thinking. We don't know what our kids are going through in school. And once or twice they try to approach us and we didn't listen to them correctly. Khalas. They don't want to talk to us anymore. 
So never let that happen. Someone's talking to you. A stranger's talking to you. The Prophet would listen. Your wife, your husband, you know, don't and, and speak less. Speak less. It's just speak less. Why is there always fighting, arguing going on? Just stay quiet sometimes. You know, there should be if husband and wife are fighting for like long period, my uh my five thousand dollar advice is that you guys have a rule that sign language for the next five days. Sign language, figure it out, speak less. Just stop communicating for five days and and then learn how to communicate again. That's the process. Right? Stop communicating for five days and then learn how to communicate again. Uh, Bijan, I think Ustad, you and Ustad both, you know, knocked it on the head. Like, uh, you know, one of the things that you mentioned last year in Sierra Intensive was that uh, don't tell your kids to do it. Just do it and allow them to grow from it. Right? Beautiful. It. Yeah. We actually take that from, from Sunnah and Hadith. The Prophet uh, when he's talking about reading the kalim around the person that's passing away, he says, don't tell them to do it. Just read it around them. And that in itself will create an atmosphere, a, 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 a feeling of, you know, I should just say it too. I'll just pray myself too. So mashallah, Ustad, your son is seeing you doing something, your daughter is seeing you doing something for so many years. You know, that in itself is a is a motivation. You know, one thing that our father once told us, Abuji said this a long time ago, when someone asked him that, you're not, you're not home as much as, you know, you should be always in khuruj and so on. Who's going to take care of your kids? Uh, who's gonna, who's gonna, of course, he was still such a good mu'addib and you know, he took care of us better than a murabbi that, uh, that he's still on top of our heads, mashallah. He said something that that sticks to me. He said that, you know, I believe that if I am spending my time and my effort to help other people's children, Allah will take care of my children. Wow. And this is powerful. Like when we're in the masjid, we should have the same love for other people's children. If my child drops a glass, it's, oh, it's just a glass. It's okay. But someone else's child drops a glass. Don't they know that I bought this glass from this company? Like... If my child does something, it's just my child. It's just a kid. If someone else's child does it, they're not a kid anymore. They're 11 years old. But when your 11-year-old did it, they're just a kid. So this double standard can't be a reality in our life. Wow. But rather, it should be the opposite. So he said that take care of other people's children. Want them to become better. Want them to succeed in school. You know, desire for them to become better da'is and da'iyas. Desire for them to become better students of knowledge. And your children will also have that in their life. Because you're doing it for other people's children. Allah will make sure that it happens for your children. You know, and sometimes we, we're just the opposite. We become so self-centered, even with our own children. And the Prophet ﷺ was never like that. He made Usama his child, right? Nonetheless, Ustad, you know, continuing from there, I feel like, you know, what other relationship we have with the family, you have the wife, you have... The children, we, we have talked about the wife a little bit more the, uh, and that, 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 that relationship. But what, uh, what other point can we take away when speaking about the Prophet's relationship with youngsters? It doesn't necessarily have to be children, just youngsters. What comes to your mind? So, um, so there's a couple. I'll share, I'll share one. Uh, one of the Sahaba, he goes back home and he has several children. And he gives one of them a gift. So then the mother, she asks her husband, what are you doing? You just gave a gift to this one son of yours? Hmm. He said, yes. She said, what about the other children? He said, I don't, I just got him a gift. She said, I don't accept this transaction. I want you to go speak to Muhammad alayhi salatu to Rasulullah and let him see what he did is right or wrong. Like, how can you just give it to one child 
where the rest are not having that same gift or something similar to it. Wow. So then he went to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he went with his son, the one who he gave the gift with. And the narrator, the narrator is actually the son. If I'm not mistaken, it was Nu'man ibn Bashir. So then he came and then he went to the Prophet and he says, you know, I spoke to my wife and he was honest, like my wife told me to come here, right? And then my son is here and I gave him a gift and she was upset that I did not give other children gifts. So Rasulullah he says in one of the narrations, would you not want all of your children to love you equally? Would you not want all of your children to respect you and love you? He said, yes. So indicating you cannot just give that one gift to that uh, child. So you can give different gifts. It doesn't be the same gift, by the way. It can be different, but according to the occasion, to the people around and so on. And this actually comes to show uh, how he, he dealt with the children. And something you said very, very nice, which is walking the talk. And I don't think there's absolutely nothing. Like, uh, I believe, yes, I believe that's a statement. I would go this far. I don't think anything tops you doing what you're saying. Nothing. I don't think, I, nothing, absolutely nothing. Wow. You can say, you can read a book cover to cover. You can uh, be whoever you are. But until you do what you said, nothing beats that. So wh why the Sahaba, we hear a lot, inshallah, uh, in the Sira Intensive, we will be mentioning a hadith, right? Be Abi anta wa ummi, that phrase. I'll give up my mom and dad for you, Rasulullah. I'll take a bullet for you. Why? Because Rasulullah never told them to do something except that he was the best. Subhanallah. So that's what he said. You know what? You're unbelievable. We'll give we'll take a bullet for you. He never told them to be generous, except that he was the most generous. He never told them to be courageous, except that he was the bravest. He never told them to be patient, except that he was the most patient. He never told them to be humble, except that he was the most humble. He never told them to be grateful until he was the great, most grateful human being. That he prayed one night, and his wife Aisha saw him. And his feet were swollen out of how long he was standing. She said, Ya Rasulullah, did Allah not promise to forgive your past and forgive your future? He said, Ya Aisha, I know. Shall I not at least say, just say thank you for this offer? So he never told people to do something except that he was the peak and the top at it. And that's absolutely you know, critical. And you said about with children, he used to walk the talk. Absolutely. We didn't get time to like part of the family. Some people might have their in-laws with them, their, their parents in the same house. And, you know, elderly. <laughs> what do you mean that face for? <laughs> it's, it's tough. It's a... It's a no. <laughs> no, and sometimes you have your father, your mother in the same house, no. and, and sometimes now you're married, now you have to deal with them. And I, I, I you know, in summary, before I, I, I ask you the question, Dita, I want to let people know that every complicated situation is an opportunity to Jannah. Like, I, I need to, you know, this is where a lot of people go, like, why is it, why is my father in law so hard on me? Why is my mother in law? So agitating, so overwhelming, micromanaging. You know, may God help the mother-in-laws. And I, I say this all the time. You if you get a, a you spouse, you use a lot of synonyms for mother-in-law. You get a, a good spouse, you got your jannah. If you get if you get a good in-laws, you got this dunya becomes your jannah. Otherwise, it's all gonna reverse. You know? But um, the thing is, Mufti Doha, you know, he, his spouses, his in-laws are all the way in Australia, so he's like, oh, you know. I, uh, I miss my in-laws, of course. No, the great in-laws. So I, I said every complicated situation, sometimes a complicated child, 
He's your tahajjud. Now you now you're fasting for him or her. You know, uh, your your mother-in-law, your father-in-law, your own father, your own mother. Everything is well, but that one person in your life is making things complicated. We that person is your reason of sabr, which is ultimately going to be Allah will give you a reward that you can't imagine. I'm not saying you should just uh, live a miserable life or live a, a press, but what I'm saying is you also have to see it from that angle and then also seek help. Now I want to ask you, like, what can we do to live with these elderly people who have raised us, who have taken care of us? Now they're old, you know, and there's no one to pick up their medication. And they have things that they want to talk. They want to sit down with you, but you can't give them a minute. You know, they're being ignored because, oh, it's the same story. It's the same, I've heard my grandfather saying the same story. I came from Syria, I came from Palestine, I came from Pakistan. I had $20 in my pocket. You know, the same story. We used to pray Jum'ah on, on Sunday. You know, the same story, like, you know, in the library. You know, but still, listen to that story as if it was your first time ever. You know, so how to, I, really, I want to talk about the elders in our society because they're so ignored. Can you please test some light on that? Man, you touched a soft spot about Birrul Walidain. No. Mom and dad, man. Um, wow. Birrul Walidain. Rabbi Rahamuma Kama Rabbona Sigara, because it's plural. May Allah have Rahman, our moms and dads, all those who are watching, just like how they erased us when we were helpless. When we were, we would die if we were alone for 10 minutes. 10 minutes, we'll be dead. Jump off a counter, open up the door in the freezing winter, we'll be dead. Right? And uh, so, Alhamdulillah. So, Rabbi Rahmuma Kama Rabbona Sagara. How about I just share one thing within a story about the. I know, I know for you it's very heavy because during right. COVID, your mom is in Windsor yes. and you haven't seen her since February and no. you miss her so much. I know how, how dear your mom is to you. No, no. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserve your mother. Um, and family, yeah. inshallah, you reunite us with our parents and with more time with ease with Afia, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Ameen, Ameen, Ya Rabbil Ameen. So, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is in Medina. If I tell anyone who's watching us right now, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam right now, okay, for example, is in Chicago. I don't think I don't think we will finish this Zoom meeting or stream yard. We will all going to log out, get in our cars and leave, Right? But there was a man who knew Rasulullah was in Medina, yet he still did not go see him. Hmm. And he was a believer. But why? He was in Yemen. The, the Arabian Peninsula all came into Islam. Fatih Makkah, khalas, there's no more fear. Come out and say, La ilaha illallah, and go to Rasulullah and be a Sahabi. No. Why? Because I got my mom, I got to take care of her. La ilaha illallah. Right? He didn't. Some of us will, will, will say, you know what? I have this meeting with my friends. Mom says, stay over a little bit because I want you to help me out with iftar. Family's coming over. Mama, I got to go with my friends. That man, radiallahu anhu, did not go see Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He stayed behind because there's no one except him to take care of his mom. But that did not go in vain. Because Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what did he say? He told Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu, and he told the Sahaba. He told them, 
Owais Al-Qarni, a man from Yemen, if you ever see him, ask him to make dua for you. Okay, how is it possible that a tabi'i, a sahabi, asks him to please make dua for me? And he's being told, who's, who's being told this? Umar ibn al-Khattab, the one who was promised Jannah while walking on earth. And Rasulullah once again, he knows what he's saying. Because I don't want no one to talk bad about Uwais. Mm. Uwais stayed for a reason. So Umar al-Khattab, what was the narration? Sahih hadith, authentic. He says, when Hajj period comes, I used to stand outside the city outskirts in Medina just to see where's the Hajjaj, Hajjis from Yemen. Right? And you would look for them. Where are they? Where are they? And you'll go around. Afikum always is always amongst you? No. Year after year, until one time, he says, is always amongst you? He says, yes. He says, yeah, always. I want, imagine Hajj, thousands of people around Umar, and Umar in front of everyone. Yeah, always. Allah forgives me. So then the Sahaba, when they hear this, why? What made always at that level? Umar, what you're doing? Then the ending. He was respectful to his mom. Okay, if that what he did with Rasulullah, you know, forsake that meeting because of a priority. So there's something for all of us to really think and ponder over. Yeah. Duha, please. Uh, I mean, I don't want to start talking about parents, man. You know, you know, you know what happens to me when I talk about parents. Um, well, you, have, you, should have, you should have some uh, tissue. Or something, you know, clock around your Yeah, you know, it's just it's it's well, it's just a soft spot uh, for us specifically, but for our mother and our father. Um, you know, mothers get spoken about, fathers sometimes get ignored. But man, um, you know, we, we I mean, we're just so blessed. We have, I think, I personally think we have the best parents in the world. Like, I don't have a doubt. We have the best parents that are alive in this world, and I think every single child should believe that. Um, and um, I, I I say it with conviction. Our father. Uh, when I was talking about friend to parent, he transformed. That he was a parent, and then he transformed as he got older to a friend. Then he became a like he was like a brother, you know. And at the same time, he kept his respect. But you cannot, um, you know, you, you can't not talk to him because you love him so much. And you also don't. You also avoid doing things in front of him out of love for him that you break his heart. Uh, our mother is just a different situation. Uh, may Allah bless her and protect her. I believe both of them are walking sahabas on this earth. And I don't think that I'm... Uh, well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows better than us. But the point that I'm making is everyone's parents are great. And we just have to find it within them, love them, show them comfort, show them love. You know, one day Ibn Umar عنه, was traveling from Medina to Mecca to Al-Mukarramah for Hajj. And he had his animals with him. He had a whole herd of animals. Uh, they were, you know, doing Hajj and taking the animals with them. And as he was on his journey, he saw a Bedouin walking. And this Bedouin man, as he was walking, he called up, he called up for him and he came closer. And as he came closer, he inquired uh, on who he was. And he said, are you, are you the son of so-and-so? Are you the son of so-and-so? And the man replies, yeah, I am the son of so-and-so. And Ibn Umar tells the people of his caravan that all of these animals are mine. I'm gonna. I'm, I will gift them all to him, and he tells the man that the Bedouin take all of them, and the Bedouins were Bedouins. He didn't leave any. He took every single one of those animals, and he walked away with it. So his people in his caravan said to him, "Ibn Umar, like that was so strange. Now we're gonna have to do. You know, we, we don't have the 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 the, the preference of doing tamatta or qiran and different types of Hajj. We have no animal with us anymore." 
Why did you give it to him for? He said his father was a person that my father enjoyed sitting with. And he enjoyed talking to. Just the fact that my father enjoyed his company, I love him. I just love him. How many khalas, aunties, uncles there are in the community that we as youngsters badmouth? Who gave us that right, man? The fact that she can bring a smile on my mother's face is enough for me to kiss her feet. It's enough. She makes my mother happy. The fact that he can he can bring comfort to my father at a difficult time. I swear to God, I'll give anything for him. I'll give anything to him, right? And that's how we should forget our parents. People that bring happiness to our parents, we should respect them as well. They're they're the friends of our father. That's all we need, man. We don't need anything else. Um, and I think that that's the, that's how the Sahabas taught us, and that's how we should be. Like, there's no compromise when it comes to parents. There's no compromise when it comes to parents. And I think uh, everyone takes that. You know, everyone believes that, but it's very rare to act upon it. Everyone believes it. Bijan, I'll ask you if you can, if you have time. Share the hadith of Ghadawtuk and and before we leave. Yeah, too long. I, I honestly, Mufti Wahab, you know, I don't want to make you cry. I don't want to mess up the audience's makeup, you know. <laughs> but um, the thing is, uh, Ustad Majid, can you tell us about that one part where Prophet took, takes off his shawl for this woman and he entertains her and he respects her? Can you tell us that one story if you, if you recall? No, I, w- I want you to say it. Come on, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm just enjoying you and Mufti Duhab, and I honestly, I want you, if you don't mind, please. So, is, is it the one in Fatih Mecca? It, 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 oh, Fatih Mecca, yeah. Okay, so, um, for, for, and, and correct me if I uh, miss misspeak. So, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, actually, there's a, there's a couple. There's, couple. One that, there's one that says, I am uh, your sister, and he's like, how am I your sister? Or the way Arda'atuh, Arda'atuh. Okay, you go for because that I will not say it uh, articulated as well as other ones that I know well. So you go okay. ahead. It's with the Prophet sitting and uh, he, he's, all of a sudden this woman comes and the Sahaba don't know who this woman is. And the Prophet receives her. She's elderly. The Prophet takes off his that his uh, cloak that he wears that Allah refers to as Mudathir and Muzammir in the Quran. And uh, in that culture, if you were to take off your your cloak for someone, you would do that to to welcome a king or ambassador. You know, it's just it's like it's like the red carpet in our culture. So it's like this protocol of respect in the in the, in, in, the, in the Bedouins or in the village or the desert. The desert is uh, it's 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 dry. It's sometimes dirty and messy. And the Prophet would do this as a as a as a symbolic form of respect. So the woman comes and the Prophet does this. There's a king. Of the Anbiya, you know, Sayyidul Anbiya, for this woman that no Sahabi knows. And uh, he respects her, and then he talks to her with so much respect, like like humble. And the Sahaba were very shocked by this behavior of the Prophet. They were like talking with him, who is this person? Like, who is this person? And then she gets up, the Prophet walks with her, and she gets on her camel, and the Prophet treats her well and walks her out of the city, Sahaba. And then one narration, he spoke to her for so long that the Sahaba thought the Salah was going to be delayed. Salah was going to be delayed. You know, like what was happening had so much importance. And the Prophet says, This is my foster mother that gave me milk. This is my foster mother that gave me milk. You know, I, I wanted to respect her. Our mothers have done so much for us. You know, and, and it's 
it's it's unbelievable that, that we have the audacity just to have their phone call come and not call them back or just ignore their phone call you know and and uh you know not spend time when we're sitting with them just it's hard it's not as entertaining like it would be on your social media account sit with them you know and these are our parents they're only here for some time last night i was talking to a few sisters who are flying to lebanon today because Allah give their mother ease and shifa and whatever is written for them in the future. <clears throat> These are elderly women. One's a physician, was a professor at University of Michigan, uh, PhD in, in nursing. Uh, she's, uh, mashallah, very accomplished. She's a director of her program. And, and she is, she's traveling overseas to be with her mother who was diagnosed with stage four, uh, late stages cancer. And, and, uh, I think it's lung cancer, and it doesn't look good. And then another sister from Lebanon also, she's traveling. I called her, right away she breaks down. She's like, my mother, Sheikh. And I, you know, I, I give her comfort. And everyone that I'm talking to that is losing someone or about to lose someone knows that I lost someone, so they want to listen to me. They know that I know what they're going through because it's not easy. And, uh, and I listened to them and said, you know, life is not guaranteed that your mom is here, your father is here, they're going to be here again next, next week. You know, they're, they're, and we have to spend time with them. We have to respect them. We have to love them. I have a friend who a few weeks ago came back from burying his mother, you know, and he, he, he just can't talk about it. It's so hard. And, uh, you know, so our parents are the most important people in the world right now. They're our, our gate to paradise. And we have to serve them. We have to honor them. If they've left us, we pray for them. That Allah gives them genital for those. And if one of your parents alive, that is the gate to paradise. We know that one companion who came from Yemen. Mm. And Prophet says, where are you coming from? He said, I came from Yemen. He says, do you have anyone back that's alive? He said, my mom, Ummi Hayyatun. She's my mom's alive. And he says, uh, how did you leave her? She said, I left her crying. She wasn't happy that I was going to join you in Medina. Right? And the Prophet said, go back and sit by her feet. You go to Jannah. In one narration to another person, Prophet said, go back, make her smile like the way you left her crying. Meaning, what we can do to make them smile. You know, our, even our in-laws, like, don't get don't get me wrong, our in-laws too, we should respect. Mm-hmm. Like, elderly people. You know, and if you can't give them their time, let your spouse take care of them. Like, okay, fine, you don't have to allow your wife to visit their parents, allow your mm-hmm. husband to take care of them. Like, at least someone has to, they're getting old. Or you have five more sisters or five more brothers. Why do you have to do it? Brother or sister, if your spouse does it, inshallah, that's your jannah too and your children's jannah. So there's a lot of things that, you know, elderly parents, you know, like children, like my children, if I don't give them what they want, one day, the next day, they're going to make me hear it. They're like, you know, dad, you promised us to take us to ice cream. You're like, children, they'll come at you. Our parents don't do that. You know, mm. yeah, you know, mom, I was I promised to take you to the mall and you didn't. Oh, khalas. she'll never bring it up again. You know, they're so kind. Uh, mom, I'm sorry, I was supposed to bring you something or, you know, and I didn't. And mom is like, uh, she will bring it up, you know, a side note message, but then they won't bring it up again. Moms are so, so easy, so loving. They don't want to, you know, they think we're busy. You know, they think we're busy. Oh, they're busy. They're busy. And like our children, are like, yeah, my dad is free. Like, you know, like I can buy like total opposite. And we're running around for our children like slaves sometimes, but our mothers are our masters and they're ignored. Ustad, man, um, Sheikh, is there anything that you want to share in regards to respecting elders before 
we call it a night because um, we spoke about the spouse, we spoke about the children. Now we're speaking about the elders. Is there any other narration that you want to um, share with us? I would say one thing, Majan, before I pass it on to Ustad. Like, I wish I can be that person that when we leave this world, uh, that I have the same level, you know, uh, of, of love that my mother had for Abdul Rahim, Rahimullah. Because, um, and this is personal, we'll just put it out there for the first time. One of the first things that my mother said when she heard the news was she looked up and she said, Oh Allah, know that I'm happy with him. Know that I'm happy with him. And my question to all the youngsters here is how many of our mothers can say that about us? You know, know that I'm happy with him. And the second thing she said was, Oh Allah, do not do not let any mother ever experience this again. Do not let any other mother experience this. So um, you know, just on, on a final note, if there's anything, please, if you can share about how to take care of elders and how to balance that with your children, your wife, and so on and so forth, I think it would be a good end, end point to this discussion. No, um, so let me just emerge two really quick. So um, the, the biggest scholar of the Quran after Rasulullah is Ibn Abbas radiallahu or anhumah. And a man came to him and he said, he made a major, major sin. So Ibn Abbas, he heard that, and the man is asking him, Ali min Tawbah, like, what's the, what's the thing I should do for Allah to forgive me? This is beautiful narration. Beautiful. So Ibn Abbas, he says, Alaka um. Is your mom around? Wow. I'm telling you, I made this uh, kabira. I made a major, major sin, musibah. We're talking about my asking about whether my mom is around. <laughs> so then Ibn Abbas, he says, Basically, Fabirraha, be good to her. There's other narration that she passed away than this is her sister alive, your khala. But the point being, Ibn Abbas is your mother around. Wow. He says, He said, Yes, and he says, Fabirraha, be good to her. Now, one person sitting after the man left, he asked, Yeah, Ibn Abbas, why did you tell him such resolution, such a solution for his tawbah to go to his mom and be good to her? He says, Because wallahi. I don't know anything. I don't know anything. He's alim al-Quran. I don't know anything that can bring someone closer to Allah than being good to the mother. <sighs> Nothing. So that's being good to the mother aspect. May Allah allow us to comprehend that. And may Allah allow us to walk the talk. And the thing that you mentioned about the in-laws and you know, kind of working out together, we'll give you the Rasul alayhi salatu wasalam an authentic narration, he comes and he knocks on the door of his daughter Fatima radiallahu anha. Ali Yunhuna, is Ali there? And she says, no, he's not. Where is he? Uh, somewhere. So he asked, where's Ali? So Ali was mad. Ali got into a fight with Fatima radiallahu anha. The greatest couple perhaps on earth, Allah knows best, after Rasulullah So Rasulullah is walking around, where is Ali? And Ali was like upset. So he was napping in the masjid. And he knew there was a fight. So he says, Qum abaturab, right? Get up, O oh father of dust. Like it was a sweet thing. So I didn't thought he gets up. So why am I sharing the story with you? The Prophet didn't push himself and shoved himself to know exactly what happened. No. He didn't. Well, that's your Ali, she's Fatima. You know, we have our arguments, we got our fights. You guys resolve that. I don't want any time you guys have fights, you go tell the world and call this and call that. No, try your best to resolve it internally. Because the more people involved, see what happened? The more people involved, what happened to the problem? 
he got bigger, <laughs> right? So unless obviously a person has to, so as, a, as an in-law aspect, he, he came, he said, you know what, get up, you know what, kind of, you know, work things out, inshallah, and he left it. He didn't need, need to know the details. So that's the maybe balance that I tried to bring him back home as much as possible without getting too involved, and Allah knows best. That was a beautiful story, Ustad. Both of them are beautiful stories. You shared some beautiful stories, Ustad. I hope our audience, inshallah, and you should have both of you, hope they wrote them down and um, can bring them, inshallah, into their houses, into their homes. I mean, I mean Ustad, Ustad um, you always enlighten Every time you see you in person, um, we, I benefit, all of our community benefits. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continue to shower His mercy, His blessings upon you, your family, and may you continue to benefit millions of people uh, locally and globally. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep you young and healthy with iman and taqwa and save you and your family from all evil. And, oh, you know, I, words cannot express how I enjoy this program so much. I'm sure, I'm sure everybody in the, um, the chat can tell us how much they're enjoying it. And Mufti Wahab, you know, you didn't speak as much as I did. You know, the audience will prove that. But uh, mm -hmm. this much, when you did, you had me off my chair. You were saying some stuff that... You're always off your chair. You know, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not uh, you know... You had me on the edge. I'm not, you know, I'm not used to having my little brother surprise me that much, you know. But uh, honestly, you had me on the edge, yeah. and I was really happy that I was able to learn so much from you and benefit from. Yeah, we learned, we learned, we learned it from you. The gharat ummuk part that you know how to keep respect when someone makes a mistake, and not you know take them to the gutter was so so amazing. And I hope I can uh, just that I can leave this session and apply that in my life. I'm good. For the rest of the rest of my life, I'm really I'm really happy that you brought that up. And Ustad, you always bring up unbelievable stuff. Yeah. It's hard to get you, Ustad. You're a busy person. Ustad is a busy person. Man. People don't know he's in Dearborn, but not easy to get up. But yeah, why don't you ask Ustad? You know, you always ask the guests about specific questions. Want to end with that? I mean, I I I I don't know how open he is about being, getting personal, but <laughs> about the children. And, uh, and I want to ask you, what, Ustad, what gel do you use? What oil do no, you? No, no. Ustad is an engineer. You're an engineer by profession, correct? No, yes. Where do you work if you don't ask, uh, mind ask, telling us? Uh, I'm a supplier engin engineer at the General Motors. Uh, General right. Motors, at GM. Mm -hmm. so, no. well, if, if you have a GM car, this, uh, it should, this should have Ustad Majid behind it, you know? No. And, uh, but mashallah, he works for the big three. And uh, he's so engineer as a profession and then Ustad as a passion. Oh, how's that sound? Mm, nice, nice. <laughs> Give me a vah Give me a vah 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 and I know, I know you do equally excellent there with Ihsan like you do with the education part. So Ustad, um, you're an engineer, you're part of Al-Maghrib, you teach classes all, mashallah, all the time, you're preparing for something and you're always up to something and, and, and providing the ummah with knowledge and wisdom. What, what, your, what grade are your children in and how do you balance that? What, what's going on at home? Okay, so I'll answer inshallah these two questions. First of all, the gel question. Yeah. Uh, so I used to uh, use a specific gel, and uh, I just noticed after I finished it, it says made in France. Oh, wow. So that's a thing I've been buying for for years. Wow. But after after that, uh, that guy in France, you know, messed up pretty bad, uh, I refused to buy that made in Paris uh, stuff or made in France. Respect, Ustad, respect. So I'm putting some random... Of glue stuff right now. <laughs> I, have, I, have that. I, I, I have advice. You know how you know that you know desi food, the grease they have in the end of the food. Pick some of that. The supply, you know, yeah. they shine. Yeah. 
Actually, the one I had is, is something so old. And I just kind of, for those who think gel expires, maybe it does. The thing I had, at least 10 years old. But wow. it was hidden somewhere. And it was like spiky gel. So I made Tawbah to Allah for buying it to begin with. <laughs> but alhamdulillah, that's what we're using. It looks amazing. Children-wise, I have, alhamdulillah, four. The eldest is nine. And the youngest is a year and a half. Wow, mashallah. No, so, no. Within in nine and one, you have four kids. You are busy, and your wife is really busy. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you. With so your yeah. eldest is your eldest, your daughter that's nine years old? No. What's her what's her name, if you don't mind? Maryam. Maryam, mashallah. Yeah. I, I, you got that name too, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maryam, you know, no disrespect to any names, but Maryam is, you know, uh, I love that name, Maryam. Yeah. And uh, I talk about that name all the time. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect all the daughters out there, yeah. all the sisters out there. May Allah protect our sons yeah. also. We have to put it out there that you spend a lot of time covering all these topics. You also covered the topic on the four greatest women. You yeah. also covered the topic on Ummahat al-Mu'mineen. Um, for all the sisters out there that want to find class, or brothers out there want to find classes, I'm sure they're online, they're on YouTube. Uh, an ICD or, or Al-Maghrib, please check it out, inshallah, and you'll benefit. So I wanted to ask you, when did you start getting into um, your, your ilm career, your passion? How did that happen? Just, just a side note question, inshallah, we can end. Because many people are on here, we have many students in Miftah, like hundreds of students that you know are engineers, are physicians, are doing different, they have different professions, and they're starting to learn ilm. So what would be your advice to them, A, and how would you start? Um, personally, I started with um, taking a little bit next step is through Al-Maghrib Institute. It was uh, well over 10 years ago. I used to work at a restaurant uh, on weekends. So weekends, my uh, that's where I get my money. And then some guy tells me about Al-Maghrib Institute and like, you know, it's like a weekend class and things like that. So I said, there's no way if I quit my job and I'm done. So he's like, you know, trust me, it's going to be worth it. Just take a you know, day off and stuff. So that's where I started. And it was just a weekend. Uh, and someone got really hooked uh, from there knowledge seeking wise and uh, you know i'm noticing actually my mom is online has been watching us this whole time so may allah bless our mothers no, so actually my mom played a huge role in my ilm because because this will happen so i had an opportunity and this may be a first i'm actually probably share it uh, to have had a full ride scholarship to imam ahmed university in riyadh so i was married i had maryam only so i'm like mama this is a dream come true i can't believe this and stuff like that so he said okay going to the jamia is great don't get me wrong but trust me learn there's mashayikh alhamdulillah there's the world wide web nothing can uh, transfer that learning in person. And she, she knows that very well. But she said, in your situation, you're married, you have a child at that point, taking them all to Riyadh and having all this happening, it, it's tough. So it was a very tough decision, I'll be honest with you. It was very difficult. So I went with my, my mom uh, proposed and it kept learning. So no, no sheikh or mufti, anything like that. But at that, you know, getting there, learning and learning. And I'm just speaking, inshallah, and I pray to Allah, make dua for me. I stay within my lane. Because sometimes when you keep talking and, you know, in certain places, you feel like, halas, I need to now go into fiqh, haram, halal from my own. There's nothing wrong uh, into uh, referencing. But from your own, kind of come to your own conclusions, that's what you need to kind of... Uh, as long as, as, long as your mom is around you, your mom will keep you in your lane. That's it. I, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So this phone call, she's like, the way you pronounce this ayah was... You know, <laughs> your mom is there. Yeah. 
Alhamdulillah. So that's actually started in the weekends and things like that, and you know, traveling here and there. And Alhamdulillah, now look at Muftah Institute, you have Al Maghrib Institute, you have Qalam Institute, you have the options are so no one watching, wallahi, no one watching has an excuse not to learn more about Allah. Especially, honestly, especially here in Michigan, Alhamdulillah, with Miftah Institute, it's local in a way, right? We can go in person. You have the Sira Intensive coming up, isn't it? Next week, inshallah. This Sunday. Right? So this Sunday starts, and then you're having it also offering it online because of the whole COVID situation. So, Jazakumullah Khair for that. And really, yeah, we're going to be full when you, when you join us at Miftah and start helping us, inshallah. <laughs> inshallah, inshallah. You know, you, know, you know, last year we were doing the Sira Intensive in IGD. And Ustad registered as a student. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, Ustad walks in. I was like, you got to give the class. You know, you, have to, you can't be your student here. You're, you're, you're like, mashallah, you've been teaching people and you've been um, teaching the lives of the great women for so long. But you were so humble to attend some of the classes. You came with your family. But that's what we're saying. Like, you are, you are always eager to learn, even at the level where you're now traveling. And Al-Maghrib is, mashallah, using you so many places. Um, I saw the story, story night program. Um, and you, Sheikh Umar, and um, a few other scholars were going to be doing some kids program with Al Maghrib in the sure. evening. And I saw that I was like, Mashallah, it's just, it's, a, it's, a, it's this, your your career should not limit you for your, achieving your passion. Yeah. That's what you're doing. And of course, you know, Ustad, the, people don't know this. How many hours do you spend in preparing something? Can you just give us like a small like a small idea? Like, say you were preparing for Maryam alayhi salam, right? No. How long, how long did it take you to do that? Average. We'll, we'll talk offline, inshallah. But Jen, you put in so many out, man. I just got to say, uh, you know, to all those, can can we get a few, a few hands? I know it's a little late. People have already signed off. How many people have registered for the Sira Intensive? Just say me or I or yes. Um, if you haven't, I shared the link, so please register. But Ustaz, Sheikh Abdullah puts in countless nights, man. He's read so many Sira books, just reading, looking at notes, and cue cards and doing all these different things and I'm like wow man that's a lot of work and whatever he's doing preparing for the content it motivates me to make sure everything else is good like you know if he's putting that much time in just preparing the content everything else better be good man like there should be absolutely no compromise in anything but Marshall we have a lot of people that registered for it Bajan. uh if you mm -hmm. haven't it's online it's always recorded but these mashayikh Ustad Majid Sheikh Abdullah um, not here Sheikh Muhammad Masmari these are our local mashayikh um, these people put in a lot of time man so may Allah reward you all and allow us to continue benefiting from you. Ustad, we love you. We respect you so much. And inshallah, we hope to see you in person soon and give you a big hug. Keep us your prayers. Thank you so much. May Allah bless you. Everybody, please give your salam to Ustad Majid. Inshallah, we will see him soon again. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.